Welcome to Outside Perspective, everybody. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. All right, I have an excellent show for you today. Before I get to the guest, though, let's get a couple housekeeping things out of the way. First, please, please, please leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast. If you are getting value out of this content, go tell a friend, man. Just help me spread this. Let's help grow this thing, you know. Um, Let's help shift some people's perspective on the world. Um, And, you know, another way to do that is checking out other podcasts. You know, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is uh, the Why Not podcast with Justin Bricker. You know, Justin is a good friend. He's a fucking brother. And uh, he has some amazing humans on his con- uh, on his podcast as well, and he's having some great conversations. So uh, go check that out. I did uh, – I was on – we did a joint podcast on the very first episode, and that was actually on episode five. And uh, one of my favorite episodes that he did was with uh, a guy by the name of Rob Acosta, who is my guest today. And uh, before I get more on to Rob, um, I got a couple other things to cover. But, uh, yeah, man, go check the Why Not podcast out with Justin Bricker. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great one. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Now, for all my California listeners, which I know there are quite a few of you out there, if you are interested in their THC products, you can go to a local dispensary and see if they have those. If they don't, ask for them. Same thing with the CBD products. If they're not carrying Jumbo, they should be. So ask for those products. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, I spent some time out in California, and I definitely did partake and try those out. And let me tell you, they are phenomenal products. Now, for the rest of us, uh, we can get access to the CBD products by going to jombocbd.com. You can view their full line of products. They have balms they have geese they have sprays they have drops they have a full line of products to help you with your cbd needs now what is cbd it's cannabidol one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant it has been shown to aid in uh, reducing inflammation has been shown to aid in mood regulation it has shown to help the brain and help the gut and it's just it's an adaptogen it helps put the body in homeostasis there are a ton of benefits with this one compound alone don't worry though you will not fail a drug test you will not get high i know that's a real concern for a lot of people so you don't have to worry about putting your livelihood in jeopardy um to actually seek help and relief uh so don't worry about that but there are a lot of benefits, like I said, and I think you guys will experience those benefits. I use it on a daily basis. It's a part of my recovery protocol. I use it before bed. I love the muscle bomb. I put it on my muscles and my joints, especially my fingers after doing jujitsu. It's been game changing. So go check them out. Go to jombocbd.com. You can save 20% off your entire order just by using the code outside. So one more time, go to jombocbd.com. Use the code outside at checkout and you will save 20% off of your entire order. Now, to my guest, I sit down with professional indoor soccer player Rob Acosta. And like I said, he was actually um, on my buddy Justin Bricker's podcast. That's how I found out about him. And uh, man, I just love his vibe. He has good energy. He has a positive message. He works his ass off. And uh, it was just a real pleasure connecting with, uh, you know, with that type of energy. So... I'm a big believer in, you know, the law of attraction and the universe and the energy that you put out is the energy that, you know, is returned to you. So 
I'm not really surprised in that sense that we cross paths because, you know, we're both putting out that positive energy. So I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you guys will as well. Uh, so, again, without any further ado, check out my boy, Rob Acosta. This new franchise history, we're actually in playoff contention. Yeah. It's going to be a stretch at this point, so it's going to take a lot of extra work and focus, but it's there, man. It's there for the taking if we can do it, so it's a lot of extra discipline, you know. That would be good. Yeah, breaking down the film even more. And yeah, every like the uh, the intensity is just taking up another notch. Yeah, dude. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I mean, that's where it's at. I mean, I like those high-pressure situations. Um, I, so I fought. For, I don't know how much Justin told you about me. but So I fought for a number of years and um, fought at a really high level. And um, I used to say that um, – like I'm an adrenaline junkie because I'm not a very violent person. I actually have a very laid back like personality, but I was addicted to the competition. And then I've really found out that, um, I just love flow. Like I'm a flow junkie. If anything, I love the flow state, meaning I just like when the stakes are high and like you, you've been training and preparing really hard for this moment. And, uh, you're just locked in, man. You know what I mean? Like you're in the zone and everything's just flowing. Everything's just working. It's like an outer body experience. Yeah. And like at, when it's all said and done, you get like this rush of like relief, but also um, like dopamine. You just feel so good. And you're just like, fuck, man, that was so awesome. I can't wait to do that again. It's like the best feeling in the world. That's how I used to feel after fights all the time. I hear you, man. That's exactly, I was actually like thinking about it, you know, every now and then I like to, to like tap into like the why of soccer and like what, you know, what, why I continue to play at this point. And yeah, dude, that's what it boils down to, man. Like there's a lot of other like additional features at this point, but like at the heart of the heart of the matter, I love competition yeah. and I love being in a high stakes environment. Like you said, and in my flow and, and breaking down, you know, I, I love chess, chess over checkers you yeah. know? and soccer especially is a lot about chess, man. That the, the better player is the one who's thinking two, three, four passes ahead instead of reacting to the pass that's happening. So right. uh, and that's one of the things I love about, being a defender is I get to sit back and watch it all happen and organize my play ahead of me and yeah yeah so watch plays like develop and open up and then you can like insert yourself in exactly yep. yeah man that's where it's at I developed that skill really early um in like high school like playing football is kind of where that kind of started developing so I was like uh I say this with like 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 some angst because like I wasn't too happy with like my high school football career but um like I played on the line I played like every position on the line at one point in my time so like I was a center and a uh, a guard I think I started as guard and then they moved me to center for a long time I played center I even started on varsity as a center I wasn't even that big of a guy probably as big as I am now to be honest and then um I, I ended up playing a little bit of a tackle a little bit of tight end very, mostly for blocking they wanted me for tight end but um when you do that and, and in football anyway, like whether you're a liner on the you're running back either way, like you have to like let the play develop. So like as a blocker, you know, you're opening up holes and then the like the running back or whoever like has to like follow slowly behind their blocker and just, you know, watch the read and watch what develops and watch opens up. So on the other side of the ball as defense, which was my favorite, um, you, you do the same thing, right? You're watching the offense like progress and open up their plays and watch things develop and then you like you just put yourself in there and just cause havoc yeah man it's like wait 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 go yeah <laughs> wait 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 go yeah yeah uh, dude so let's go back to your little uh to your beginning a little bit um for the folks listening i'm talking to robert acosta 
The man. Nailed it, dude. Nailed it. A lot of people say Acosta, so I always love it when someone says Acosta, man. Yeah, it's well, I cheated a little bit. I, I listened to your first podcast with, <laughs> with our buddy Justin. Justin Bricker, shout out to, to Justin and the Why Not podcast. Yeah, he's the man. But, um, yeah, man, take me back to your beginning a little bit. Um, you know, was, was soccer like your first love with sports, or like what, what's, what's been your journey? Yeah, so I played uh, pretty much every sport growing up. Um, I started in soccer when I was four, and then t-ball when I was five, and then quickly was playing a bunch of other sports. Um, and soccer, I just started to excel at from an early age. So mm-hmm. um, I was a little bit bigger than kids my age, and I was a little bit faster and a little bit stronger. And so <clears throat> when I was nine years old, I actually got pulled up to play on a team that was two years older than me. Oh, nice. Um, and so especially at that point, man, my development just started to, to excel, and I started to leap ahead of other kids my age. And yeah. um, so then it just the, more, the better I got, the more I loved it. And I, I loved the other sports, and I loved being competitive in, in all different arenas, but soccer was always just yeah. my field of That's interest. That's what you took to early, huh? Yeah. Um, were you – so you were bigger than everybody else in your grade. How much older than – like, are you – were you, like, at one of the oldest in your grade? Uh, I was toward the beginning, so I was the, the. I think the cutoff point or beginning point was always like August birthdays or something yeah. for the grades, and I was I was an October birthday. Okay, yeah, I always just think about that because have you read the book um, by Malcolm Gladwell? I don't know if it was Tipping Point. No, it was Outliers. Uh, have you read his Outliers book? Uh-uh. Man, it's a fantastic book. But one of the things that he talks about, and he uses the example of hockey, how um, kids born. Uh, like right after the cut. So if the cutoff day is, I don't know, I think for hockey is like in February or whatnot. Like if you're born in like these months immediately after the cutoff date, so that way you're the oldest in your grade, um, how those kids actually, there's a higher percentage of those kids like they actually went on to play professional hockey. And the reason being is because when you're that young, like one whole year of development is a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. So from all physically, mentally, everything. So those kids tend to stand out. And then they got, because of that, they end up doing like the AAU leagues or, um, you know, the additional leagues they, they would uh, get. So they get more practice and they get better practices. And then they get more games because they're like in the advanced leagues. And then it would just like the snowball effect as they got older. So they spent all of that extra time getting better because they had more opportunity essentially because they were bigger. Sure. Yeah. Dude, that's a great perspective. And actually, I got I kind of got both sides of the coin. So when I was 15, I started playing in uh, the Olympic Development Program. Okay. Or maybe 14. Anyway, um, and that the o- Olympic Development Program is a program that brings the best players in the state together. Okay. So um, being from Arizona, the best players were always in Phoenix and Tucson, and then a couple like outliers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so they bring they choose the, the 18 best. We'd come in, we train, and then we'd go and compete in a regional tournament, try to make it to a national tournament. Really good for player development and for scouting purposes. Yeah. Um, and so for that program, they actually start. It's actually by birth year, so 1986. Um, I'm born in October. Um, and I'm going against guys that are born in January of 86 who, because, so they're, they're bigger physically. And because of that, you know, birth date, they're in an older grade than me also. Right. Um, so that was a huge benefit, man. So now I'm playing against kids my age that are like a little bit, you know, my level and below. And I'm playing against guys that are older, you know, bigger, more experienced. And so, man, I was just getting, it was a huge blessing, man. I just got both sides of development. Yeah. You got to probably imagine a whole lot better that way. I mean, whenever you uh, when you compete against people at a higher level, you tend to rise to that level. Hopefully, right? Or, yeah. Or, or you, I mean, sink or swim. It's true, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's real true. So, uh, where out in Arizona are you from? Tucson. Tucson. Yeah, born and raised. Okay. So I miss I miss the desert, man. But I've Do been a, I've been away from Tucson since I was 18. So yeah. Um, it's that dry climate. Yeah, man. I, I lived in San desert. Antonio for a year, and that's kind of like borderline desert-ish. It's not really <laughs> quite, but man, it. 
I don't know how you guys do it. I miss the heat, man. The yeah. dry heat, it's it's calls to me, especially during these humid times. And yeah. the more, I sp- more time I spend in the Midwest and the humidity, I'm like, man, give me my dry heat. Yeah, <laughs> dude, the humidity is no fun. It makes it hard to breathe. The air is all thick and whatnot. Um, so, okay, so you, um, I imagine you played all through high school. Did you get like a scholarship to go play um, at college or take, yeah, take so, me through that journey? Yeah, sure. So college was one of the, that was like one of the big barriers off the bat. Um, I was getting offers from a few schools in California, um, Washington, a few, few different places. Um, I was set to go to a school in California actually. And then senior year of high school broke my hip. Oh. Um, so all these schools that are looking at me just dropped their interests said, Hey, you mm-hmm. know, we can't give you any money until your junior year. Um, you know, if you want to come and play until then and figure it out and it just wasn't financially feasible. Right. Um, so luckily there was this little small school, you know, uh, in, in Waverly, Iowa, um, that had had, they'd been sending me recruiting letters. And it's funny because when I f- was first getting the recruiting letters, I was like, Waverly, Iowa, I didn't even open the first couple, just like yeah, straight, straight like in the trash, trash man. Yeah. <laughs> but what a blessing, man. They just kept knocking and kept knocking and, um, they're a division three school, so that they have no, um, athletic money to give, but they can especially when they find athletes that they want, they find different pockets of money and different scholarships to apply for. Yeah. Luckily, man, I was, I was very academically oriented, um, growing up. And so I ended up getting a ton of money for academics and then they helped me supplement with some like minority scholarships and out of state scholarships and things like that. Now, did you have to do like work and learn or anything like that? Uh, nothing like that, but I was always working anyway. Yeah. Um, I worked, you know, I was, I was always working 30 to 40 hours a week through college anyway. So, Oh man, you're grinding, grinding, man. That's when, that's when the grind started. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing during that time? Like, what work? Uh, different things. Um, mostly, I was involved in, uh, like, food service. Okay. So, I was a delivery driver for Domino's for a while. I worked yeah. worked in the kitchen at, at one of the restaurants on campus for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Those are flexible gigs. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And Domino's d- a delivery driver was perfect, man, because oh, yeah. I could do my full day of classes, go to my training, go to my study hour for soccer, and then go to Domino's from 8 till mid. you know, work the closing shift. And, yeah. You know, get a bunch of deliveries. Were and you then, crushing you know, pizza? Oh, all the time, man. That was before, <laughs> I, was, that was before I was into nutrition. I tell people all the time, man, I, I lived off of cheesy bread and Coke, man. Yeah. All the different cheesy bread selections. Oh, man, I could eat pizza and cheesy bread forever. Yeah, when you're young, <laughs> dude, you can get away with that, right? Like, when you're still, like, in college and high school, even, like, you just eat, like, trash, and you don't you don't really feel it. I don't know why that is, but, like, now I'm 31 now, and um, I, I even towards, like, the later end of, uh, like, my like my competing career, I really had to be on point with my diet because if I ate something bad that day, I would feel it in practice that evening, like without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it's funny, man, because I'm at the point now, and I can't really tell if it's like the whole like ignorance is bliss. Like yeah. if you don't know, like it, you know, you know, you can't really tell the effect it's having on your body. But once yeah. you know, it's like you can't go back. Right. And I think about that all the time, man. And I coach the young athletes. You know, I was I was pretty in tune with my nutrition, you know, from a young age. But there was a lot of information we didn't know at that point, like how oh, much yeah. sugar you should be having. You know, a lot about, you know, grains and different fats and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I wonder, you know, I, I, I did well and I excelled, but what if I had also been doing the nutrition right at that point? You oh, know, yeah. it, just because we can get away from, you know, one of the big things I stress to these kids that I work with is, hey, just because you can get away with it doesn't mean that it's ca- it's helping you excel. Like if, right. if you're already doing this great and you're not even fueling your body right, imagine how much better you could be doing if you're fueling your body right also. Oh, dude, man. Yeah, 100%. I think about that as well. Um, and so and I, I'm really conscious of it with my kids because – like if you're not getting the right sleep or if you're not eating enough or um, you're just not drinking enough water, like you're not performing optimally. 
And like when you're a kid and and like your hormones are just fucking just off the charts, so that that usually like makes up for a lot of things, right? Like you know you're going through puberty or whatnot, and, and or in your late twenty or your early twenties even, and like your just testosterone is just super high, and it's you you recover quicker and whatnot. But like if you really gave your body the optimal conditions, you would just perform so much better. Yeah, yeah, I think about that all the time. What's your diet like now? Uh, I, I try to eat mostly natural. Um, yeah. if, if, if God didn't put it on the earth, I try not to eat it. You yeah. Know? I, I mean, obviously there's exceptions and, and I have a lot of flexibility just because of how well I eat, but, mm-hmm. uh, mostly, you know, a lot of fruits and veggies, um, a lot of fats, seeds, nuts, yeah. oils, um, lean meats, um, things like that. Yeah. But my weakness is cookies. cookies. I'll be very upfront about that though. Dude, <laughs> we all have one, man. Mine's ice cream. Okay. I can't right. I can't even keep it in the house because if I do like I think it's like a quart and a half, like the little oval ones, I'll eat that in one sit that's one sitting Gone. for me, yep. dude. It's, <laughs> I have no self control. Same with cookies. We actually had some cookies in there and I just ate all the cookie dough. I have no fucking self control, man. I just can't have it. Same, man. My mom it's funny, my mom still sends me like my favorite cookies a couple times a year. Yeah. Um and she sends me like a dozen, two dozen, you know, whatever. No, no self control, man. Mom's cookies—they're gone within the hour, man. Yeah, just dude. Sit there dude it's like a trigger food, man. man. Yeah, 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 dude. Oh, I do love pizza as well. Pizza is like one of my go-to's, like for for just like a treat meal or something. I just love it. Same. Yeah, but you said something really important. I mean, the, like the metabolic, like the metabolic flexibility, like having that flexibility is what's important as far as like being able to process those. So, like being able to like run off fat to be able to run off carbohydrates and like do it seamlessly and smoothly. Um, do you, do you fast much at all or? Yeah. I am getting big into fasting. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, I started, you know, learning about intermittent fasting a couple of years ago yeah. and, or actually, I guess maybe like a year ago. And it's funny because for a large portion of, of the couple of years before that, I had actually been doing intermittent fasting without even really realizing mm-hmm. it. Like it just, I woke up in the morning, it didn't really feel good to eat. I would go, go hit the weight room, have training right after that. And then I wouldn't eat until like three or four o'clock and it felt fine. Like I felt good. I was getting mm-hmm. strong, like whatever. And then I'd come to learn like, you know, a year, year or two later, the, the actual science behind it. And so, yeah. um, I still wonder the validity of it with soccer players. And I talk to my guys about this all the time. Um, especially since it's such a different cardio, um, cardio emphasis on the system, mm-hmm. um, how valid it is during season, um, or how, how regularly you should do it during season. I'd love for someone to yeah. invest some money into a study with soccer players doing it, intermittent fasting. Cause yeah, I think, um, so those, uh, like, you know, those lower carbohydrate based diets where there is like a lot of fasting, uh, kind of implemented. It's not ideal for athletes by any means. Right. Because when you're, when you're in a game, right. I mean, there's a heavy demand on like your, um, like your glucose system. So you need to have carbohydrates. Um, and, and if you're fasted, um, I don't know if that would be the best thing. You know what I mean? I, I don't know about intermittent fasting. I usually don't eat until like noon most days. And, um, I usually feel pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess it just depends on the person, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody just has to take, like, an individual approach. I, try- I, I will say, though, like, especially out of season, uh, once I'm not competing as much, I will go – I will get big into intermittent fasting. Just, yeah. Just, you know, the science behind it, the autophagy that happens, mm-hmm. like – the testosterone boost it has for males like there's just so like there's a lot of science behind it at this point right yeah i think that's probably like the best way to go right just to uh i mean you're like cycling essentially right when you're when your demands are higher you're having carbs like you're not fasting as much and then whenever you're not in season you know you you, 
eat a little bit differently. Yeah, and it's just like working out. You know, I, I don't work out as intensely during training or during a uh, season. Yeah. Um, and I work out super intense during the off season. So yeah. it's just going to be cycling my diet just like I cycle my workouts, essentially. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah. So, um, college, you went to small school in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. How long did you finish your entire career there? Yeah, yeah, played there. Um, I could have been done in three years, um, but I uh, I wanted to play my fourth year of eligibility, so I, I, I was there for three and a half years. Um, had a great time. It was it was such a perspective difference, but such such a change in perspective for me. So I grew up in Tucson, which is half you know half a million people, mm-hmm. um, Waverly, Iowa, ten thousand people, two thousand of which are the college kids. Dude, so, <laughs> culture so, shock. So yeah, man, huge culture shock, and it's small town Iowa, man, like. Um, you know, I've got a Mexican background and especially at that time, like I, I, I looked more like it. I was super tan. And so here mm-hmm. I am and I'm one of 10, you know, dark skinned ish people in the town. And so, just, yeah. you know, so it was a huge, um, huge perspective change for me. And I had a really rough time my first semester, man. I, I, uh, I almost bailed a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I missing home. Yeah. I missed home, felt like an outsider. Yeah. Um, was struggling in soccer that season for a couple different reasons. Um, but I'm glad I stuck it out, man, because the longer I was there, just the more I got from it and yeah. the, the network that I met there, like they're all still my best friends. And you yeah, know, so. those difficult times are super important for growth, right? No doubt. Yeah. So many people try to avoid those. I remember my first, I went to Lindenwood and, um, yeah, I, it's not even that far, but like I came here, I was like, man, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> like I want to, I'm like, I'm just gonna go to Mizzou. It's closer to home. <laughs> like, like the college is way better. I'm just gonna go there. Um, but yeah, dude, that, that definitely must've been a trying time. Do you get asked a lot? Like, what are you? Yeah. Very frequently. Yeah. It's so interesting. I just like one of the number one questions I get. So many people are like concerned with like what your ethnicity is. Yeah. Especially now with the beard, man. I actually get a lot of, and I, I I always wear a white beanie during winter. (laughs) 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 Yeah, bro. Just change your name. I don't know. to like Muhammad. (laughs) And, uh, you probably get that a lot, right? Yeah. People people are very concerned at that point. Where where I come from in the Middle East. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time it happened. You know, I, I, I haven't always had the beard and I'll actually go through cycles where I don't, but Mm -hmm. yeah, first time I'd grown it out. I was in Iowa, had my white beanie on this lady. She was like almost sidestepping me in this parking lot. Like, and like, as I'm getting closer to my car, she just, Hey, just curious. Where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Arizona. No, but like originally, it's like not Arizona. She's like, "Where's your family from?" It's like, uh, I mean, I'm half Mexican. She's like, "But you have to have someone in your family from the Middle East." I'm like, yeah, no, dude, no, are so a beard short. and a white beanie don't qualify you for. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so weird, man. Yeah, it's like everybody's just, um, just really concerned. Like, are you like me? Like, that's what people want to know. Like, are you like me? Sure. And uh, sure. I don't know. We're such tribal creatures really weird the fear of the unknown is so so large you know oh, it yeah. looms it looms over so many people it really does yeah it really does so yeah i mean i'm from here in missouri and um that's like the number one question i get is uh like what are you because i'm just, i'm mixed with it's pretty simplistic like my mom's white and my dad's black and like i even got my ancestry um dna test done and it's like i'm pretty much just like half from like the uk and then like half from like the Cameroon, maroon congo area so it's like it's pretty simple <laughs> but um yeah man people are just always trying to guess like oh are you are you this are you that and it's like no nah, man <laughs> from missouri like, i'm i'm human i don't know yeah i'm human peace from this planet yeah like, dude yeah. i don't know man <laughs> but <really> hippie. <laughs> yeah that was a that must have been a huge cultural shift though for sure um arizona to uh to iowa that's yeah. a that's an interesting spot. 
Yeah, and especially a lot of my friends were farmers. You know, yeah. the, you know, the first time we had a fall break, I was like, a fall break? What is this? And they're like, yeah, everyone's got to go back and help their families with the farm. Oh for, shit, for, is that for what that's week. for? Yeah, for yeah, for harvesting purposes. Oh wow. And I was like, yeah, right. The campus was empty, dude. Like everyone was back going, like helping with helping families, helping what? helping families in the neighborhood. You know, whatever it was, man. I thought all universities did a fall break. Is that like a Midwest university thing, or uh, I don't know. Like I, I remember we didn't have fall break in Arizona. Okay, uh, maybe they've adopted it at this point, or or something. But yeah, somebody had originally when I first asked about it, they were like, "Yeah, no, it's definitely like more of a Midwest thing." Oh, okay. Or maybe it started in the Midwest. Maybe, know. yeah. I don't know if I actually had a fall break at Lindenwood or not, but yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting. We had a rodeo break in Arizona. Not a lot of places have a rodeo <laughs> break. We get a few days off a rodeo down there, man. It's is that real. your jam? You go to rodeos? Uh, I love a rodeo break, man. Uh, <laughs> it's not. I wouldn't call it my jam, but very entertaining stuff, man. I've never been to a rodeo, believe it or not. They have so many in the area. I should go. Yeah, man. I should definitely check it out. My uncle, uh, he uh, he's a, he shoes horses for a living. Like that's what he does. Like I grew up on a farm, like backwoods, Missouri, like dirt road, all that. And um, I've never been to a uh, to a rodeo. Oddly enough. I'll check it out. Yeah, man. Especially with your appreciation for athletes, man. Those guys are oh, dude. they're crazy, but they're athletes, man. Dude, they're yeah. intense, man. 100%. So it's, yeah, it's just incredible to see what the what you know what yeah. you're capable of. Dude, they're tough beyond me, I believe. Yeah. yeah, dude. So when did uh so did you make the transition immediately after college into a professional career or how did that transition work out for you? Um, so I went, so after college, I went back home to Arizona for a couple months. Um, there was no real pro soccer in the area at the time, no circuits to, to try to climb. There's a very good circuit there now. So shout out to, you know, FC Tucson and, and Phoenix rising. Like they're, they've put together quite the pro circuit there, but, um, there was nothing going on and I felt like I was spinning my wheels. So, um, I ended up going, um, going out to the East coast, um, and finding a semi pro circuit to get into, okay. um, out in Virginia beach. Um, so I played for a couple teams in Virginia um, for two or three years. Uh, it's called the Professional Development League, PDL here in the U.S. Okay. It's like third tier. Um, and then the owners from the team in Virginia Beach bought into the the Professional Indoor League. So they bought a franchise, started a team um, in Norfolk, Virginia, in that area. Um, so they brought me along. Um, I was on – I'd never played indoor before um, – it's a completely different game than outdoor soccer. Yeah. Um, and so they brought a coach in and he wanted pretty much veterans or people that are established at that point. And I was not a good player at indoor at that point. So, um, but yeah, man, I was on the training team for about five months. Um, just going back to that grind, man, it was driving an hour to training every day just to go and, oh. you know, train my ass off and know that I wasn't going to be playing in the game that week, but just training and trying to learn, trying to pick up stuff from the guys. Yeah. Um, then driving an hour back home to then go work an eight to 10 hour shift at Domino's you know, to then, you know, go and hit the gym to get my weight session in. Um, so yeah, man, after about five months on the training squad, uh, they signed me, uh, for my first pro contract. The coach was like, man, you're developing, you're ready. So, you know, let's get you in here. Let's get you some experience. Um, and so that's how I got in the door at least. Nice. That, <laughs> that team folded at the end of that season. So oh, it was like a huge transition after that, but at least my foot was in the door at that point. You yeah. Know? So, um, I have two questions actually. Uh, so during that time when you're just on the training squad, you're not getting paid for that, right? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. So you're just, you're just investing in, in just yourself and just laying that foundation that whole time. Right. That's what it was. And it, and it was all about taking the mentality of, yeah, like this is costing me money, but like, this is a, a true investment, uh, investment in myself. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I wouldn't let myself, you know, a lot of players, you know, they start to take the thoughts negatively and, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Thoughts go negative sometimes, but like, oh, it was yeah. always just 
going back to that center of no, this is the and you get scared. You get scared of shit sometimes. It's like, like, am I spinning my wheels? Am yeah, I, is like, really am worth I good it? enough? Like, man, oh, I could dude. be making so much more money. Like, dude. I could be so much more stable. Oh, it's yeah. like, shit. So those moments, and they're and they're scary, man. And like, um, but yeah, man, it's just always tapping back into that into that that why. Yeah, and that's. I mean, you can you could everything you just said. Like, you could say that for just. I, th- I feel like anybody who actually like just commits and like dedicates themselves to something that's like. That's, you have really big goals in life. Like, I mean, that's what it takes. Like, this, this, you have to be uncomfortable, and it's like putting in like the extra time and the work and like that investment. You know what I mean? I think about it all the time. Like with with what I'm doing, like I was like, fuck, man, the anxiety is there. Some days I wake up, some days it's like, oh fuck, man, like what am I doing? Is this worth it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like is this gonna work out? But then some days you're just on the highest, highest. Like fuck yeah, man. Like it, this is like I know why I'm doing this, and. um yeah, man. So kudos to you for like putting in that that work, dude. Because an hour each way, right? You're working eight to ten hour shifts, and then all of this just for like the hopes of like being on the team, right? Like chasing that dream of like being a professional athlete. Yep. Um, that's dope. So what? My next question was, what's the difference between indoor and outdoor soccer? So outdoor soccer is played on pretty much the size of an outdoor football field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 11, 11 players on each side. Um, and it's 90 minutes, 45 minutes first half just straight, 45 minutes second half just straight. The only stoppage is halftime. Okay. Um, indoor soccer is uh, played on the size of a hockey rink. Okay. Um, and it's uh, five field players on each side and a goalie, so 6v6. Uh, and there's boards all around the field. Mm-hmm. So it keeps the ball from going out of bounds too much. The ball still goes out sometimes. But um, it's a lot high. And there's four 15-minute quarters. So okay. it's broken up into different periods. Um but it's very similar to hockey in that there's like power plays. So if you get a if you get a blue card, you're off for two minutes, and your your team has to play down a player for two minutes. Okay. Um, all kinds of little like uh, like in I guess indoor type of type yeah, of trying to like speed up the game, make it exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, man. It's my belief that indoor soccer is like soccer for America because you know <laughs> a lot of Americans don't can't get behind soccer because they want more scoring. They don't. Yeah. They, they think it's slow. Man, indoor that ball is just pinging around like a pinball half the time yeah teams are scoring 10 to 15 points a game and yeah um, it's a lot more physical they allow a lot more physicality in the indoor league there's, oh, a, lot, really? yeah, there's a lot more like hand checking and, and like wrapping guys up in the box and things like that okay um, yeah that's so. definitely american style yeah yeah. Dude, <laughs> i get so annoyed with how weird we are in america at times because uh like why do we call it soccer why don't we call it football like, the, like the rest of the world right. <laughs> like, right it drives me crazy man and i i used to be one of those guys i used to hate on soccer like uh, growing up and then going to Linwood they had such an awesome soccer team there like uh, I feel like most of the team was either from either like uh, Europe or South America and uh, they were just fu- they're awesome so I started playing FIFA and I watched those <laughs> soccer games I'm like I love this sport this sport is <laughs> awesome but like we're so weird in America why do we call it soccer also why don't we use the metric system when the rest of the world does <laughs> I don't understand it and then my last beef is why do we use Fahrenheit instead of Celsius I don't understand dude it. it killed me man I was overseas a summer a uh, year and a half ago and yeah man everything was was in kilometers and Celsius and I'm like oh my god I gotta sit here and do the math behind this like yeah <laughs> I but I, I like Celsius like. because uh, because zero is freezing and 100 is boiling. How much more simple can you get than that? Right. I don't understand it. <laughs> We're like, but, nah, we can't be that simple here in America. We got to be a little different. We gotta, yeah, we have our own freedom uh, degrees. <laughs> 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 I don't understand it, but that's just my own small little beef. Um, okay, I can dig it. So you make the team, right? They, uh, they fold at the end of the year. What's next after that? 
So I started going. Or I got invited to the uh, comb- the indoor combine. Uh-huh. Um, so they bring in players, bring in fifty players, and there's basically just owners and teams and everything um, watching players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into that, um, did perform very well, got named to the All Star team there. So I had a couple teams reach out um, that they were interested in bringing me into preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also so so I started doing a couple different tryouts with them. Um, and I was also trying to do a couple outdoor tryouts at the time. So like each weekend it was like tryout, 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 oh, tryout, shit. tryout, tryout. And I pulled my groin at one part at one point. Mm. And so it was just one of those situations where it's like, well, I can't miss these tryouts. Like this could be the one, you know? So yeah. I just kept playing on it, kept making it worse, kept making it worse. Um, so then in, so I started the tryout circuit pretty much in July. Um, and then October of that year, uh, in New York, um, I was in a preseason with one of the teams there and uh tore my groin uh completely tore oh, my groin man. tore my abs yep was uh so that kind of put me on hold for a couple of years as far as as far as the soccer career went but man what are you doing during that time during that couple of your time dude that, that was crazy man that was a huge shift in my life i'm very 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 grateful for that period of my life i was i was in between contracts so there's no team to play for it you know the the surgical price uh price tag was like twenty thousand dollars you know yeah. here i am like I'm just scraping by just to be able to go to these tryouts. So no way I'm coming up with $20,000, you know? Yeah. Um, I was uh, in a long-term relationship at that point. She left. Um, and so here Can't I am. Can't handle uh, You know, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I honestly don't really know what happened, but um, it was a huge blessing one way or the other. Yeah. So I was forced to go back to Arizona, um, move in with my sister, my brother-in-law, and just kind of figure out life, man. I was yeah. like, all right, you know, what am I doing? Yeah, kind of like the proverbial rock bottom, if you exactly, will. Exactly, yeah. 100%. Yep, I had $14 to my name. I had five outfits, my soccer my soccer shoes, and that was it. That was, was like, it. well, now what? Fuck, <laughs> man. So what do you do during that time? Um, so, yeah, man, so I started to – so I got a part-time job, personal training at a gym, um, and then I got the first job that I could find. Um, it was doing some bill collecting at this company. I've done that. That shit sucks. And it was a company. <laughs> it was a company that supplied feeding supplies, feeding tubes, and formulas and stuff to like sick babies. Oh, and dude. so like you gotta like. Yeah. So I'm dealing with these nightmares of like dealing with insurance companies and parents of these sick kids and. It's brutal, and they don't understand why like you're calling. Yeah, dude. I was a debt collector for a summer, and I was, I was mostly like small claims for hospitals and whatnot. And like you're calling these people, and they're like, oh, I already paid that bill. It's like, well, really, like, there's a hospital bill, and there's also, like, the doctor bill, and then, like, there's just, it's a complicated system, and then, like, you're calling them, and they probably don't have the money anyway. This is a shitty situation, man. Yeah, man. It was rough. So, but it was always, like, I decided early on that it was, like, all right, I'm just going to work as many hours as possible, yeah. get to this 20K mark as quick as possible, get the surgery done, and get back on the field. Yeah, the goal is just to hit 20K. Yep. So, I just started doing that, started building my personal training clients. Dude, I was going to, I was working at the gym, I was going to do my workout in the gym, because I could still do, like, upper body and, like, some stuff, and okay. so I was just doing what I could. Yeah. So, I'd work out from 4 to 5 in the morning. Uh, I would start my first personal training client, 5, five o'clock, train from 5 to 8. I'd have to be at my other job by 8.15. Uh, work from 8:15 to 4:15 there, and then I would start my pers- my next personal training client at 4:30. Dang! And I would work 4:30 to 9:30 um, at the gym, and yeah. so it was just and that was Monday through Friday, and then Saturdays I would just work at the gym. I'd start my first client at eight, and then I'd work all the way until six or seven at night. Man, you're grinding, dude. dude I was grinding, real. man, like real, like big time grinding. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of work just to build uh, like a personal training like clientele, right? And then you're also working another job in between that. What's keeping you like going all this time? Like, what's motivating you? Like, what you know? Do you? I mean, what's going through your head, man? Um, dude, it all a lot of it just boiled down to I I wanted to play soccer. I wanted to prove prove to myself. I, like, 
it, it wasn't even necessarily a matter of like proving myself. It was like, well, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is my calling. This is my journey. This yeah. is my direction. And this is how I'm going to go there. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's funny. Like a lot of people talk about like proving, proving it to themselves, proving it to others. And for me, it was never really a matter of like proof. Like I knew, I knew what I was capable of. And it was just a matter of, all right, well, now I just got a different route to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you never question what you're supposed to be doing. It's just like, this is what I have to do to do that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, man. Like we talked about a second ago, like there were a lot of those moments where, dude, I'd get to a Thursday afternoon and be fried, fried. I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like I could just get a regular job, like just start making money. I'm back close to family. Like Mm -hmm. I've been living away from my family for four years at that point. Like, but you know, it's just a matter of, nope, like I'm, I'm getting 20 K. Um, and so luckily, man, a huge, huge blessing. Uh, I got hired by a company, uh, GoDaddy. I don't know, I don't yep. know if you ever heard. Yep. Yeah. Got hired by GoDaddy. I, I have a domain through them. Yeah. If you need a domain registrar, I'll go through them, man. That's a, it's a good company. Um, so I, I started going, so I started working for them in May and I was supposed to work six months before I'd be eligible for their health insurance, mm-hmm. um, because of, or their pre-existing condition policy for health insurance. Um, so I was like, well, I'll just make a shit ton of money and then I'll be able to have health insurance and win-win. I'll have money and you know, whatever. Right. Uh, well it was that year that Obamacare repealed the preexisting condition policy. Yeah. And so within a month and a half I was eligible for surgery. Oh nice. Yeah, man. So I was able to line up surgery, um, got that done, uh, got the surgery done. Then a month and a half into rehab, did the other side, tore a bunch of muscles on the other side because I had been compensating for that's so common, dude. About a year on that injury. Yeah, it just makes everything worse. Yeah. Yeah. So ended up getting the second surgery done um, and then working for a few more months until I was healed enough. And then um, luckily enough, man, huge blessing. The team that I had gotten injured in preseason with uh-huh. invited me back out for another trial. Nice. Um, and they're the team that signed me back into the league. Where were they at? Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Shout out Rochester. Shout out Soccer Sam, man. That dude That dude is doing some real good stuff for soccer in this country. And he had an eye for me, man. He saw me in 2012 at the Combine and mm-hmm. um, didn't take his eye off me. And he's still doing some big things up there. And I still get messages from him. So. No, is he a coach or a recruiter? Uh, he's an owner. Owner. Owner, serial entrepreneur. Started his own pizza shop at 18. Oh, and now... Shit. Franchise that there's like o- over 45, 50 franchise locations in upstate New York. Oh, that's cool. Kills it, man. Call him Soccer Sam. Soccer Sam. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Showing the love. <laughs> Showing the love. So um, now soccer's taking you all over the world, though, right? Yeah, man. So I've been. So St. Louis is the ninth city I've been in in the last five years. Dang. Um, all for soccer. Let's go through those cities. For yeah, me. man. So we've been uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Rochester, New York, Iowa City. Um, Cedar Rapids, Chicago, um, Denmark, Sweden, um, and St. Louis. I'm forgetting one there. Oh, Virginia Beach. Oh, Virginia Beach, yeah. Yeah. Just after Norfolk. So um, how was it playing in Europe? Fantastic. I bet. Dude, I'm blessed to have the the perspective, man. Um, You know, life life is truly a – a series of different perspectives. Like how many different perspectives can you have? You know, yeah. like that's what, that's what makes life. And so having the ability, you know, you grow up and you always want to play in Europe and it's always the dream. And mm-hmm. so actually having the ability to go out there and immerse myself in the culture and especially, so I was in Denmark and Sweden. And so those are, you know, they don't speak much English up there. Yeah. Um, and so it was just a very, very, very different experience. And um, so I loved it, man. Very high quality soccer. Um, I got introduced to different cultures, you know, here in America, the, 
most of the soccer players are from Amer- uh, North America, Central America, and South America. Yeah. Um, and out there, it was mostly like Polish, Czechs, uh, Norwegians, um, yeah. all different cultures, man. So it was just, just you know, great for that, you know, perspective. And- yeah, dude, that's an interesting spot, right? Because there's all these countries that are just so close together. And um, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day. Like, I think uh, her friend lives in Germany or something like that. And um, uh, her friend's husband, like, they, they're over there for his work. And um, he has to go to Spain or something for work. So he's going to, like, take the family with him. I'm like, Deja, like, that's not that big of a deal. It would be no different than going from, like, Florida to California. It's just <laughs> it's just that they're fucking their country. So everybody, everything's so much closer there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would be more impressive if it was, like, here to Spain. Like, it would be right. way more impressive. <laughs> But yeah, dude. So what was like? Um, what was some of the stuff that like really stuck out to you? Like what uh, really shifted your perspective while you're over there? Dude, honestly, the biggest thing, and I tell people this, and they, you know, probably think I'm crazy, but like everything was more vibrant there, especially like in nature. So they have so many nature preservation laws in place. Yeah. Um, that like there's mostly two lane roads most places still. You know, people drive smaller vehicles. Yeah. Um, there's not as many. There's like no pickup trucks on the road like crazy man like all these people just love nature and like it has a huge effect man like like everything just looks so healthy there flowers plants like i was lucky enough to be in kind of a smaller like more desolate region so i got to appreciate the nature even more but yeah um that definitely stuck out um and the other big thing was there weren't um, there weren't restaurants in my, t- there was like one restaurant in my town, like fast food restaurants or restaurants um, at all? like, like dining, like go out and eat. Oh um, really? Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of like a moderately fast food restaurant. Um, they, I guess like a business casual, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their big thing was they didn't really believe in, in going out and spending money. It was more about creating a family and, and neighborhood environment, like where you were living. Oh wow. And so like one place would cook and like like neighbors would come over or you would just be having dinner with like all your family would come over like oh. it was all like more it was a lot more intimate. That's cool. Yeah, we're not like that in America. Nah, man. Oh man. We go out to eat, and we're on our cell phones, like we're disconnected. Yeah. You know. Everything's just instant, what's easy, what's quick. I've been guilty of that too. I don't eat fast food, but um I've definitely been guilty of times where it's like man, it's been a long day and like my girlfriend will call me and be like, "All right, well, you going to pick up Thai <laughs> or like let's get some tacos." or something because they're quick and easy but yeah man i like that way of living much better it's um community is such an important part like as humans like we need that so it's interesting that they've like they've just built that into life well not built into life but like they've stayed true to that you know what i mean yeah that's pretty cool um i had a thought with what you just said oh have you made it out into nature much here in missouri since you've been here i have done some hiking yeah Uh, there's a couple spots um Shoot, I'm gonna blank on their names now. Of course, uh, one of them is down. Um, if you know where, like, Streets of St. Charles and the AMC Theater is, yeah, and, and you know, there's like a oh yeah, there's uh a... there's like that police station right there, and then like the hiking trail behind it, and yeah. I can't think of that hike. Oh, like Bangard Island. Bangard Island, yeah, 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 man, that's my spot for sure. Oh, it's, is it's it? a very small hike, yeah, um, but just like the different views in nature, I love. It's nice and flat. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then I've been in um, the Lewis and Clark Trail. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a that's a nice area. I can dig it. Yeah, man. yeah. I was just asking because so Missouri, oddly enough, is uh, like one of the best, like uh, has like one of the best conservation departments in the country. So uh, yeah, like nature is really big here. So. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do a lot of good shit here for conservation. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. I spent a lot of time outside last summer. So. Yeah, I didn't really appreciate that though until um, I lived in San. Like I said, I lived in San Antonio for about a year, and um, 
being down there, they have uh, it's it's the the temperature is great, but during the summer, especially, they have a, I guess they call it brownout season, where everything just gets all yellow and brown and dead. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yellow. you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about, right? And um, like, there's water restrictions and shit. So like, just seeing all that yellow and all that, I'm just like, man, I just really miss the green of Missouri, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I came back. Like, I just I just missed like the scenery. Um, yeah, dude, we yeah. have we have a good spot here. Yeah, I love it, man. It's it's funny, like, the more, the older I get, I've always loved being outside. Yeah. And so now, like, the older I get and the more I learn and the more knowledge I seek, like, I learn why. And, like, yeah. it's, it's it's crazy the effects of, like, being immersed, like, in and around trees and in and around animals and in and around the sounds and, and lights and all that stuff. Dude, it makes you feel good. The, the effects it has on the body, man. The, oh, yeah. The, the dopamine production, the serotonin production. Um, the 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 melatonin produce everything like it's it's like it's like a natural alignment for your body. Oh, absolutely. You know? Do you ground or anything? I do ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything grounding. Yeah. Yeah. I try um, to do that as much as possible. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Um, for those that don't know what grounding and everything yeah, is, it. yeah, man, go outside. Real simple. Go outside, bare feet. Try to find some grass or some soil. Um, yeah. The the trees uh, trees let off a lot of nutrients into the ground to help other trees and other plants grow. And I theorize that they're hooking humans up too, man. I have I have a theory that they they know they know us and they're trying to hook us up and Dude, help us out Dude, I can too, I can get like, really weird and start talking about <laughs> it for real, man. Because I'm 100% in the ground, and yeah, dude, like it just it centers us, right? Like we get these these free electrons and um and just all the energy of the earth, like when we when we connect with it, like we're meant to, like we are a part of the earth, right? And um have, I, the more I've learned about like nature and plants and trees, I'm just so fucking fascinated because. Um, like the mycelia, um, or like the, um, the, the, the fungi, if you will, um, like there's a whole fucking like interconnected like system underneath the earth that connects like all the plants through the mycelia. So like bigger, stronger trees and plants will send nutrients down to like smaller, weaker ones yeah. and they fucking communicate and like, there's this huge ass system going on. It's like. Dude, there's a lot going on, dude. That and we if just... they see a bad tree, they'll they'll uh, suck nutrients away from that area of the soil. Really? Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. Dude, that, that makes sense, man. Yeah. And um, you know, we're only—I'm th- probably gonna mess this up, but I feel like uh, from like a DNA perspective, I mean, I think we're only like one or two molecules away from like from uh, from mushrooms, or, you know, fungus. So it's like there's we're very closely connected to this you know what i mean like it's crazy stuff or have you heard about like the study where um they 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 took like the sound of a caterpillar eating this particular leaf and just the sound of that caused um like the leaves that were downwind to um like they changed their taste they became more bitter um just from the sound of that so it's like they were changing their taste so they wouldn't get eaten um but it's it's so crazy because like there wasn't even thing like actually eating it like they just reacted to a recording. That's wild, man. dude. Plants are smart. Yeah, they plants are. are. My friend told me that um, they they just discovered that trees have a heartbeat. I don't know if that's true, and I haven't looked it up. But that's what he said. It's like one, like it beats like one time, like every I think it's like ten hours or something like that. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. If they, I dude, don't there's know. there's still a lot that we don't know about. I mean, there's a lot that we do know, and that. Want, like the big thing we know is how similar we are genetically to them. Like, right. Like I don't know exactly what the number is or exactly what the molecule is, oh, but you're either. right, dude. But you're it's, right. It's really close, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, either way, take your fucking shoes off and walk outside. Yeah. Folks. Well, like, one of the things too, they found there was a there was a British study that did they. So there's like these machines that test frequencies that things are letting off, mm-hmm. and if you hold um, a frequency machine next to different plants, they're letting off different frequencies. Oh. And so yeah, man. So like it's you know a lot of times. 
you know, binaurally, that's that's what we need exposure to is different frequencies to just get our, our brain patterns and, and you know, thoughts yeah. aligned. Um, so it's literally like, yeah, you just got to find the right tree to be around. Or maybe the trees are reading us and they're letting off frequencies based on that. Who really knows? But I don't know, man. But, <laughs> I mean, it's been shown that, you know, a walk through the woods will make you feel better. Yeah. Like, it, it, you can't say the same like a walk through the city. You right. know what I mean? So right. um, there's definitely something to being out in nature, man. I fucking love it. It's good stuff. Um, so... You are now in St. Louis. You've traveled all over the world now. You ended up in St. Louis. What 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 brought you here to uh, to St. Louis, or more specifically, like out in St. Charles, where you guys play all the time? Like, what brought you here? Yeah. So uh, after Rochester, I went to Cedar Rapids to play, um, and my head coach from Cedar Rapids came down to St. Louis. Okay. Um, and when they brought him in, he called me up and asked me if I wanted to come down with him and be, be one of the guys to help because I, I knew the system. Yeah, it was yeah really really good to have the connection. Yeah. So, so you already knew a system. He's just yeah. He's got a very specific system in mind. The indoor, the, you know, indoor soccer has been played with a very uh, certain system for a lot of years, and he's trying to integrate uh, more futsal. I don't know if you know what futsal nope. is, but what it's, is that? Um, it's soccer in every other, you know, every other country, mostly South America, um, but it's played on a basketball court, mm. and it's five v five, so four field players and a goalie, mm-hmm. um, and it's a little bit smaller and heavier ball. Um, and there's lines that actually keep, you know, they're out of bounds lines. Okay. Um, so it's it's actually one of the reasons that other countries are so far ahead of us technically because their kids are playing it from a young age and it forces a lot of technical ability from, from kids from a young age. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he's trying to integrate more futsal style play into indoor. Um, and so, yeah, man, so I learned that for a season in Cedar Rapids and then now I've been helping him, you know, try to implement it with new players here in mm. St. Louis. Dude, that's a hell of an evolution, dude. Um, you ever think about how much more you understand the game now than you did in the beginning? 100%, dude. I think about it all the time. Like, I have to think about it because there's a lot of rookies that, you know, I'm like big bro at this yeah. point. You know, I'm 32 at this point. So I, I play with a lot of players that are 18 to 22, and, yeah. you know, they're facing the same frustrations that I face at that age. Yeah. You know? And it's like, dude, chill out, man. Like, you're, you only realize, you know, in 10 years that – you don't know as much as you think you know. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not, you know, it's there's, crazy, there's a man. lot to learn still. Yeah. You know. It's crazy when you're the OG on the team, right? Because it's like you remember being in that spot and like, you know, I, I find myself oftentimes whenever I'm talking to younger fighters or just athletes, I'm telling them like, just be patient. Like that's like the number one thing. Yeah. It'll come, dude. It'll come. Yep. Just be patient. Yeah. If you're patient and true and honest, yeah, it'll come. Yeah, man. Um, how much longer do you, you see yourself doing this? Like as an as an athlete, I thought about that, man. Um, I've I'm not near enough the end of my career to start counting to like put a, to put a point on that. I don't see myself stopping in the next two, three, four years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I've still got still got a good number of years ahead of me. A lot of the guys in the indoor league play until early 40s. Yeah. Um, especially some of the OG defenders. So I'd like to implement. I'd like to root myself and really make a name for myself. Um, I had a hell of a season last year. Um, been doing doing good things this season, and so hopefully I can continue to just yeah build that reputation. Yeah, no, I can totally <laughs> dig that. Um, I, w- I I was just asking because I mean you seem to uh, be like coaching a lot, so I know sometimes at least for me there's a real uh, big like mental transition once i started coaching and then i just I've, I've now i just get more enjoyment i focus on like helping other guys more so as opposed to like the actual physical competition i still really love to compete but i like to compete in other areas not like in business and different things as opposed to like physically compete sure so that's why i was just wondering like w- like kind of like how you were you were you in that journey sure and so one of the things that i realized too at this point and i've started to realize it over the last year or two is just how much 
dedication it takes to to be at the elite and professional level as a player because it's it almost it well not almost it compromises how much you can put into other areas so you know i'm trying to grow i've oh, been yeah. trying to grow a coast of fitness i've got another brand that i'm starting to grow grind and fitness um and i actually had a, a conversation with a buddy of mine you know um, a couple of weeks ago about how how much easier it's going to be to start doing things once the off season hits oh yeah so it's like so i have that that struggle with well, not really struggle with that conversation with myself you know how much is this how much is this impacting you know how much i can give here and and you know my ultimate you know, direction of life is to give here. My ultimate direction of life is to help others, help them grow, help them be better versions of themselves, help them make their kids, fam- you know, healthier. Um, so, yeah, so there will be that point where I'm ready to disengage from this so I can completely pour into this. Yeah. But, and but, I think about it, but I'm not quite there yet. No, that's that's <laughs> totally cool, man. Yeah, I mean, um, I, yeah, because, I mean, you, there's only 24 hours in a day and you only have so much energy that you can give to certain things. So that's, that's definitely a struggle that I've had. It's like, what do you really focus on? You know what I mean? Because if it, in the, let's just saying like in the business space, if if you choose to do, it doesn't matter what business, if you're a fucking plumber, but you're also like, you're doing something, you're also like running a t-shirt company, like, but you're competing against somebody who is only doing plumbing. Like, are you probably going to do as well against that one person, right? Because your time is split between two different things as opposed to the person who's giving like 100% to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I always think about that kind of thing. Um, is is indoor soccer is that is that like the continuous path you see yourself sticking to indoor soccer or do you ever see yourself trying to like transition back to outdoor i would love to transition back to outdoor um it's a it's definitely an uphill battle at this point and yeah. so i'm more at the point of being open to whichever direction you know god and the universe ultimately call me yeah if, uh, i'm still knocking on outdoor doors mm-hmm. um i actually had an agent reach out to an ownership group for me uh last week um, but it's a lot, still a lot of no's. Yeah. Still a lot of no's and still a lot of no thank yous and still a lot of we're not looking for defenders. So yeah. if I can crack that route, if if I can find a doorway to get into, I'm going to go. And yeah. I'm going to go hard. And I'd love to, to, you know, make more of a career in outdoor. But if indoor is my route and that's that's the path I'm supposed to take, then I'll continue to take that. Yeah. It's just about whether or not that opportunity opens if or not. Door op- I'm ready. So yeah. We'll just see if it just opens. Yeah. Stay you know? ready. Yeah, that's, that's, the all, thing. that's what it's all about. You know? Yeah. I was just wondering. I didn't know if it was like one of those things like, uh, I don't know, you see it in the corporate world where people, they'll, they'll have experience. I don't know, maybe they're like an IT guy or something, but then they took this job for like X number of years because they just needed like, they I don't know, they needed a job or something. And then it's like, all right, sorry, buddy. Like, I understand you have these skills, but you haven't worked in this field for like three years. So now we don't want you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is that is that kind of like a thing in soccer? You know what I'm saying? It's like, or you've, you've done indoor all this time. We don't, we don't even know if you have the same skills to do outdoor. Well, I've, you know, I played outdoor and I did, I did well in Den- so Denmark and Sweden. That was all outdoor soccer. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, man. So I thought, especially once I got that experience, I thought no problem. Yeah. And then I get, you know, last year in indoor, I got named defender of the year. So I was like, dude, yeah, any, anyone will take, you know, at least bring me in for a tryout. There's, yeah. a, there's a team here in St. Louis that I've been knocking on the door for. And I was like, dude, Do we I'm, have a I'm pro local. soccer team here. So in the outdoor, uh, there's there's MLS, which is first division, and there's USL, which is second division. Okay. USL is still considered pro, um, especially with how, how well the league is run. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so St. Louis has a USL 1 team. Oh, nice. Um, and, yeah, man, so I, I started, you know, I had a, I reached out to them. I had one agent reach out to them. I had the head coach reach out to them. And every time it was like, you know, we either that spot is full or mm. we're looking at other players, and it's like, just one of those things man where it's like i thought for sure all right now i'm right i got my i got my uh experience overseas i got this 
this uh, this title defender of the year mm-hmm. um, i've been i've got all this momentum now it'll just you know something will crack open and yeah it just hasn't man you just gotta stay persistent you'll definitely get it yeah man i was yeah. really hoping we get an mls team here in st louis like after the rams left i'm like fuck dude let's bring in a soccer team i'd be so happy for that dude i thought they would and i know there's been a lot of back and forth like just since i've been here about whether or not there would be like it's been on the ballot a couple times mm-hmm. and I, the last I heard, you know, there was a group that actually offered to put up the money for it. And yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know what the status is at this point. And St. Louis is such a huge soccer hub. I can't believe there's not already a team. You know? Yeah, man. I fucking love soccer. I really, I really wish we would get that. I'd, I'd much rather go watch soccer than football. I probably, <laughs> people are going to hear this, it's going to be a very unpopular <laughs> opinion. Most of my listeners are in California anyway, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, uh, what part? San Diego? I don't know what part, but um, so like most of my listeners are out there and it ends up being like half. So I think, um, yeah, I don't want to start they, splitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet, they, dude, uh, California is making huge moves for indoor soccer right now. Oh, are they? So San Diego just signed Landon Donovan, uh, who's the, the most prolific soccer player in U.S. history. Um arguably the greatest player okay um so they just signed him to for the duration of this season oh that's huge um, yeah and then uh, there's another team up in ontario california mm-hmm. um and they just signed they announced yesterday actually they signed jermaine jones who actually you look a lot like dude. <laughs> very very similar to jermaine jones um but he's another like one of the best players that's gone through the u.s outdoor circuit and okay. he's like 38 now and so they're bringing him in to play indoor um so yeah man california dude check it out there's this is a very exciting time for for indoor soccer in california oh nice big up to cali yeah. Yeah, yeah. All my listeners out there, yeah. Um, man, yeah, you're you're grinding, dude. So you, uh, you know, obviously you're you're a fucking killer soccer player, and then but you uh, you've really been grinding on social, right? You have the Acosta Fitness, um, and then let's talk about you know this this other brand that you're building. Yeah, grinding fitness. Yeah. Um, so it's grinding fitness is really just based on the mantra that kept me going through all those years, and it was just keep grinding. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, something I told myself and, and literally in the fitness world, <clears throat> I feel like it's the most spoken phrase to every single person. You know, mm-hmm. it's always keep grinding, keep grinding, keep mm-hmm. grinding. Um, so I just wanted to, so, you know, it's not like I'm trying to start a culture. I'm, I'm trying to cultivate a culture that already exists. You know, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to cultivate all these people that are out here grinding, doing their own thing. And let's all come together and grind together. And so that's what the brand is going to represent. It's going to represent the community of people that are out there grinding. Yeah. Um, and, and that firmly believe that if you just keep grinding, it, you know, the result, any, any result can happen. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a nice breath of fresh air for me because the last couple of years, especially as I try to grow a coast of fitness, it's all just, it's all very me specific. So it's yeah. soccer, soccer players, speed and agility drills, what I, what I eat, you know, my, my habits, which is good, but it's only specific to, a group of people, you know, soccer players, essentially. Or yeah, I mean, you do a lot of speed and agility stuff. It's all good stuff. Yeah, other yeah, other athletes. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to, and and I feel like it alienates a huge population of the fitness community, and that's just the people that just want to be healthy, want to be active, and want to be fit. Yeah, they don't necessarily want to be athlete status. They just want to be healthy enough to play with their kids or move around without you know getting yeah. excessively tired. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like an outlet to put all that information out. Um, and I'd like to be faceless cause I'm not trying to like, I don't want it to be about me or be like, you know, I want it to be about the grind. I want it to be about the culture that's, yeah. that's already there. So are you going to like phase out of Costa fitness? Um, I'll still continue to do that, but I'll continue to make it just specific to my life, uh, uh, my yeah. life and what I'm doing. And then grinding fitness. Um, currently if you go to right now, you know, year one is just going to be about putting out a lot of just general health information and then I'll start to be more targeted year two, year three, year four. 
Um, so now if you go check out the Instagram page, it's just each day has a theme. So Monday's motivation, Tuesday is a workout theme, uh, Wednesday is nutrition wisdom, Thursday is uh, thirsty Thursday, thirsty Thursday hydration facts. Nice. Um, and then Friday is tips for eating out over the weekend. Um, so yeah, so I'm just trying to put out a lot of information out there for, for people who are just looking for basic tips and then, um, we'll start to grow from there. Oh, I can dig it, man. You know, I don't know if this is like the best way to go. I, I, I almost would have maybe like changed the Acosta like page to, to the grind and fitness page. So you have all those fucking followers and just start building that one and just rebuild the personal one. <laughs> that's been the struggle. So that's been like, I was like, man, do I just take, you know, just switch it over or do I just try to, you know, convert my followers? And so that's actually where it all, so a couple of years ago, you know, two years ago at this point, I only had 600 followers on Acosta Fitness. Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, man, you've so, been grinding, dude. Yeah, and so it was like, so I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to build a brand, I got to get a coast of fitness big, uh, you know, big enough and then just try to convert the followers. And then if I can get some of them to convert, yeah, exactly. Then hopefully they'd start to talk to their friends or whatever. Um, so yeah, man. So I'd hit a, I was like, I want to hit 5k followers by the end of year one, 10k followers by the end of year two. And then boom, then I'll launch the brand. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen according to that timeline, but it happened ahead of schedule, which is like one of the craziest things for me as far as like chasing your dreams. Like, so like, Year one, I was like, I'm going to hit 5K followers. I hit 4,600, just shy of the mark. I'm like, no big deal. I want to hit 10K by the next, you know, by next year. So January, February, March, no engagement. Wasn't picking up followers, was actually losing followers. And so like, it was one of those points where I was like, shit, man, I'm putting out videos. I'm spending literally hours every day trying to figure out what type of information to put out to people, filming yeah. videos, editing videos. It's a lot of fucking time, Dude, man. It's so, man, it's so time, especially when you're trying to figure out how to do it all yourself, you know? Yeah. Like, it's entrepreneurship, man. You can't like, just have, you know, somebody do it for you. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, man, finally, like middle of year two is when I finally started to pick up traction again. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to hit this 10K mark, you know, whatever. I'm just going to keep putting out information. Well, I ended up hitting the 10K mark a month ahead of schedule. So it was in November, just before the two two year mark. So I was like, well, ahead of schedule, not not according to the timeline, but ahead Dude, of schedule, man. You that's know? how it works, though, right? It's like it's like three steps forward, one step back. Yeah. And then like you feel like you're not going to make it. And then you just like explode off. Yeah, man. And a lot of people lose it in that in that down phase, man. They they, they let the, the, the terror or the what ifs get to them, you know? Yeah. Dude, dude, that will kill more dreams than anything, right? Just doubt and just uh, you're just so uncertain, right? You just don't have belief in in what will happen. And I feel like success is very simple, right? It's not. It's simple in concept. It's not. It's not like easy in practice. Like it takes work, and it's not. You know, you have to be uncomfortable and you have to sacrifice but it's very simple right i mean it's like a plus b really does equal c like if you put in the fucking work and you have the belief and like you're doing the right things the outcome will fucking happen it it might not happen necessarily on your exact timeline that you would like right but like it will happen you will get there right yeah i think that's just such a strong lesson for like for people to know yep do you so you preach a lot of mindset or anything yeah, absolutely. Power of the mindset, power of positivity, powers of law of attraction. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction, man. I feel like it, the energy you put out is the energy that you receive. Absolutely. Yeah. You re- have you read The Secret? I haven't read The Secret. Um, I did watch the documentary. Okay. Um, I read I, I read the actual law of attraction, though. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. It's a pretty good one. Um, I think I have it. I'll let you, read, I'll let you get it. Um, it's a good book. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, so that actually – so. One of my friends put me onto the secret just after I'd moved home to Arizona mm-hmm. um, during my injury phase, um, and that just completely shifted my mindset. Man, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit!" Like, 
here I am like worrying about X, Y, Z, you know, living on living in the past about these situations. And it's like, man, I just got to be forward thinking. And at that point is when I started writing down goals. You yeah. know, at that point is like, is all like super small, tangible goals. Like when I was coming back from my surgery, I could only leg press 10 pounds at a time. And then I could only go up five pounds a, uh, a week after that. And so it was like, writing down my goal, you know, hit 15 pound leg press, hit 20 pound leg press, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then going from there, man, it's just sure enough, the more I got in the habit of it, then it started to turn into like bigger macro goals. And then it was signed with Rochester. And then sure enough, I signed with Rochester and then yeah. it was another, you know, and then when that team folded, it was like signed with another indoor team. And sure. So like, as I kept like practicing this, this idea of writing down your goals, speaking out your goals, um, you know, Man, trying to manifest what you want through your thoughts and through your actions is man it's just it's all it's all catapulted and it's all snowballed and it's it's incredible yeah dude 100 percent. i mean uh you really have to focus on like what you want in life i had this terrible problem where like i mean i have like some student loan debt so i just focus on that like fuck i really want to get these student loan debts paid off but it's like once i shifted the thought from like i just i'm just gonna make a lot of money like things have just really fucking started changing and it's it's been it's been game changing so yeah you really have to like focus your thoughts yeah that's so important and it's got to be specific i I think it's funny you brought the you know that point up about student loans you know for a couple of my first couple years coming back so indoor soccer is tough because it's it's pay per game so unless you're playing in the mat unless so they generally have 25 guys signed 18 15 to 18 guys get signed like get rostered for each game okay and unless you're in that 15 to 18 you're not getting paid for the game oh shit yeah some teams have have a salary but most teams are just pay per game and so like especially the first couple of years as I was trying to gain my experience back I wasn't playing in very many games so I wasn't making money yeah I was working a lot like you know but it was a lot of investment in myself and so I, I put there's a lot of stuff that I you know started putting on credit cards anything that was healthy I would put on a credit card so I'm like oh investment in myself investment yeah. in myself investment in myself um and so now like now that i'm much more stable and sturdy you know th- my mantra has always been zero debt but i was literally writing down debt all these times yeah and so so over so it was like six months ago i made the shift to writing down financial abundance and boom man like I'm, I'm paying off these bills like a lot quicker like 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 more opportunities to make money are popping up yeah like and granted like a lot of that is in the, in the foundation that i've laid but it's just with that mantra of like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not thinking debt all the time. I'm yeah. thinking financial abundance, financial abundance. You know, that's the that's a huge difference. Like it makes all the difference. Um, so what do you um, what would have been some of like your sources for like uh, like what what are some like the books that you like to read or some some podcasts that you listen to? Like what's been like your source of like education and inspiration? Sure. So um, it's been kind of mis misguided or misdirected. I don't know if that's the right word over the last few years. I would just kind of go to YouTube and type in like nutrition podcast or like exercise, you know, whatever. And just like click whatever on the first thing. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, but then what could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I started hearing some weird. Inf- I'm like that. That's not right. The earth you is know? really flat, bro. It's totally flat. YouTube told me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, man. So then I actually got, I got into the Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. uh, which was great, man, because Man, he just talks about all different types of perspectives, you know. And so, like, the more, you know, you could go anywhere from, like, MMA fighters to your astrophysicists to yeah, man. DMT specialists to, like, all this, you know. So, there's, like, huge for the perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got into the MFCEO project, the yeah. one that Andy Frisella puts out. Love it. Yeah, dude, yeah. I used to work for Andy. 
Oh yeah. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I worked at the uh, I worked at Seldman Superstores, and this is when Andy was still doing all the interviews. He was running fucking the store meetings. Like it was it was a pretty cool experience to like see where he's at was today. It a grand time. Yeah, just like it's like fuck, man. I remember like some of the things he talks about. I'm like I was there during that time. It's really cool, and like just to see where they're at, it's fucking killer. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. So that's been a very that's been a great podcast to listen to, cause especially between those two. I'm like, man, like this is the type of information I want to talk about with people. You know, yeah. Wanna, you know, I have a vision of having my own podcast at some point. And, um. So those are the two. Those are the two big ones. Uh, Lewis House is another one that I like to listen to. Yeah. Um. He's a good one. He's a good one. Um. And then funny enough, you know, you brought up books. I've never been a reader. Um. It's it's always been really hard for me to sit down and just center my thoughts to read something yeah generally i get like a page in and i'm like thinking about something else (laughs) shit now i gotta go back and read that page reread it what did i just read (laughs) (laughs) so so it's always kind of like steering me away from reading unless it was like a nutrition article or something like that um but you know andy frisella brought up one of the things in his podcast he's like you know if i sit down with a business owner and they can't tell me their top five favorite books i'm walking out of the meeting because they don't you know obviously they're not looking to grow and develop and whatever yeah um and so then i went to you know january 1st i made the goal to read a book a month yeah um and i went to frisella's top 10 book list and and got those so i read books yeah man so i read um i forget what the exact title is but it's the it's a book about zappos and how zappos came to be oh um, yeah i think it's delivering happiness delivering happiness yeah. yeah yeah delivering happiness um that was a pretty good one um and then i'm in the mi- i'm almost done with um awake the giant within um, oh tony robbins so tony robbins yeah, yeah. Um, so those are my first two, and then I've got a few that I'll I'll, I'll look to read later can, this year. But. Yeah, dude, I can dig it. Dude, check out Audible too. Audible books. I mean, just books on tape. You know, I call them books on tape because <laughs> <laughs> people, look, what's a tape, man? What, tape, yeah, <laughs> um, audio books. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know why I still do that. Fucking still call things like CDs and stuff. <laughs> I haven't bought a CD in years, dude. Um, yeah, I can dig it. Dude, a good podcast you might actually like is uh, it's called the uh, the Model Health Show, and it's by it's a guy here in St. Louis actually. It's uh, his name is Sean Stevenson. He's one of the number one health podcasts in the country. Okay. Um, and he was actually Sean Stevenson was on one of the MFCEO projects, which is how I came across him. And then um, I'm gonna try to get him on the podcast for sure. He's on the list. I have a fucking hit list of killers in St. Louis. I'm trying to get on. Love it. There's a lot of them, dude. Um, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one for cool. sure. Um. What was I going to? I don't know, man. I don't know. But we're at an hour, and I want to be respectful of your time. And I got some other things to go do, too. Uh, I want to turn the floor over to you, brother. And uh, if there's anything that you want to plug, promo, sponsors, your, uh, you know, direct people to your socials, the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely just check out check out my main avenues of, of social media, which is Instagram, Acosta Fitness. Um, that's the biggest one. Um, and then through that, you'll be able to find grind and fitness. Um, yeah, give it some love, you know, go like the videos, go check out the videos, share them with your friends. It's a lot of really relevant footwork drills. Um, and I always try to attach like some, some useful information below. So not only like what the drill is, but why, what you're working on, you know, whether you're working on rhythm, whether you're working on speed, timing, you know, whatever it is. Um, so check all that out. And, and just my big message to people is keep grinding, you know, like it's, it's such a, 
it's almost cliche to say that you really can't have whatever you want, but yeah. you really can't have whatever you want. You, you really can't. You just got to grind and you got to grind. And, and, you know, like we talked about earlier, it doesn't necessarily happen on your timeline, but if you just, the dedication and, and discipline um, and focus to the small details, man, anything's possible. Dude, so yeah, 100%, man. We'll, we'll end on that note. Dude, that's a powerful message. So, all right, brother, I appreciate it again, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, Be dude. blessed. All right, everybody, till next time. Thank you.